thing do you think would disrupt your craft? Oh. listening to the song over again and it's got like it's got like some stadium vibes really you think so like. a little bit a little bit just the, i feel like the production leans that way a little bit yeah um i guess that's me wanting to be like i want this to be the electric guitar song <laughs> well yeah and electric guitars they tend to be in stadiums that's what i'm saying yeah. it's all coming together um yeah. i imagine as a musician there mm-hmm. is something compelling you something that is very uh hungry for the level of i guess like artistic freedom and an expression that comes with the the massive exposure and the celebrity of it all but you see a lot of these musicians they get to wherever that precipice is and then they become very inward and very the way that they were on the come up takes a backseat to their own privacy and their own flow and their own process right and something that is inverted in nobody knows my name is the freedom that comes with anonymity right what about fame do you think would disrupt your craft oh hmm oh i gotcha (laughs) no it's a good question because i don't think i have the authority to answer that Mm -hmm. um and to be frank, I don't even know if famous people have the authority to answer that because it de- really depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, we often think that, like, I don't know, that's the end goal of everything, like to to get notoriety, to get wealth, to accrue those things, and that's like that's our equivalent to happiness. Come on, and crew. and. Uh, it really isn't um at least not based on the experience of quote unquote fame that i've come into contact with um i i guess this wouldn't be considered something that's famous but i've but i've i've experienced things in my life uh through the power of the internet where um i'll get reactions i'll I'll get reactions from stuff that i've posted and uh like the james corden thing like the james corden thing Mm -hmm. uh where it was sort of just it wasn't out of it wasn't out of a uh I'm going to do this to get some sort of momentum behind me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was born out of an instinct of, I like what this guy is doing and I want to add on to it in the spirit of artistry, in the spirit of craft and collaboration. Mm-hmm. But then there's this just this whole other whole other thing that happens when when suddenly something takes and then the whole world has their eyes on it and you become the main character of Twitter for the day. I find that phenomenon very fascinating, but it also must be just so insane for the person on for the person who's experiencing all that kind of stuff on the daily. Like imagine if you got the response that you got on your most viral thing every single day. From morning to night, 24-7, seven days a week. Let me tell you about, and sorry to derail your interview. (laughs) But let me fucking tell you about how annoying just getting a couple hundred likes on some shit is. It's so annoying. It is like... I don't understand how anybody can do it. And you think it, when you have that moment when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm on main character Twitter today or I'm on main character Instagram today, you've made it. But it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Well, especially now because everyone's very angry. And like when people are the main character of Twitter, it's usually because you said something stupid and people yeah. have blown the stupid thing you said into, I, I, don't, I don't know, like academic and historical proportions. <laughs> right. And, you know, and like the idea of having every move you make watched by that many people is very daunting. Could you imagine being a city girl? I can't. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Does the anonymity, uh, the relative anonymity that you have, um, you're you're a pretty popular person in certain circles, and but does the an- anonymity that you have generally allow you to work better? Do you think? Uh, Just because, I, and I ask that specifically because um, I know that like we spent we spent a lot of time. You and me telling people that you've had music coming out for a while. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think there's some degree of where it's like you need to at least. You know, I've been wrestling a lot with this, especially like I guess a lot of the things that <laughs> I consume relate to self actualization and existentialism of of sorts mm-hmm. um like i just watched um in and of itself the the derek delgadio um it's not a magic show it's like a performance art piece that was filmed by frank oz and what struck me about it is that it was a very private search for identity a very private search for identity on a very public stage um because it's not just it's it's not just it doesn't just explore his own identity it explores the identity of the audience members um and how that sort of transforms us and 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 makes us realize that we're more than just who we think we say we say we are you know mm-hmm. um cuz we're all just people trying to like <laughs> shout out into the void saying hey i'm here now I won't lie. 
the artist strives in this algorithmic modern life. But the content beast feeds on dreams, so I won't let it get a piece of me. And I and that's where a lot of my art seems to come from. It's my way of communication. It's my way of talking with people. Um, like what we're doing right now. Uh, not to be <laughs> metatextual about it, but just <laughs> the fact that my art has provoked conversation bet between the two of us about identity and about uh, the search for purpose and meaning, um, I find fascinating. It's something that fills me up, and it excites me when when people seem to resonate with something like that. So I think it doesn't hinder my craft in craft in that sense um but i think the overstimulation aspect of it would if it were to intrude upon uh my life in the way that it has uh with things like the stuff that's gone viral uh you know i think there there is a interesting through line between can't see past 30 and this song right um, oh, it de definitely, definitely. Because there is a lot of can't see past thirty that ultimately ends up being. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't need to see the future. I can just live in the now. And right. this song about like I don't need the sort of excess that the world kind of promises me that this life uh offers uh in order to um in order to do what i need to do and i find it very interesting because it's just like these two concepts just like your future and success or like uh, perceived success material success yeah and you just going well uh, that's not my business <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's a very it's a very strange rejection of what maybe most artists are are supposed to advertise in their programming i would say like what would you say that most artists are supposed to advertise like what where where is that supposed to coming from i think we're well I think it's from how I've observed the world in in terms of how how artists present themselves and their personas, uh, like I mentioned in the in the song, um, online, um, we kind of get caught up in the comparison game of why am I uh, not getting the same amount of of uh, response to something that this other person is getting even though i know we're of the same caliber mm -hmm. if that makes sense and i think uh the excess of it all is like a whole like subgenre of of this t of music and of art and of culture um to where it's like people will take pictures in like a a fake airplane hang air, airplane type thing oh to yeah make it look challenge. like yeah, <laughs> no, but like, there's literally they built like whole airplane interiors for people to have photo shoots in, as if they're like sitting on an airplane, uh, a, private a private jet. jet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I find that I find that so strange. I find it I find it baffling. 
Um, because I think ultimately at the end of the day, as artists, we're supposed to be uh, a good reflection of how we act and how we interact with the world. You know, we're supposed to be the ones saying, hey, this is a thing that's happening. Come look at it. Come over here. <laughs> uh, let's have an entirely too deep conversation about uh, identity and how it relates to this. Um, yes. The <laughs> uh, Something I find super, super interesting when you bring up the uh, folks who will go to um, the private jet tube and <laughs> take the pictures um, with a rented Chanel bag and all that. Mm-hmm. I find that so fascinating because I think that, that is born almost holistically out of the last like 10 to 12 years on the internet. Definitely. And as folks, you're a bit younger than me just by a little bit. Mm-hmm. But like, I look at that stuff and that stuff is odd to me because it is all, it all comes from the smartphones and access that we have to people and right how now the performative nature of socializing has extended to you know it's not just hey do you want to come over and see the pictures from our vacation it's Mm -hmm. do you want to see me while i'm on vacation you know right 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 this really heightened version of it and it makes me feel weird on behalf of the kids who are growing up right now. And it's literally all that they know. Definitely. And yeah, something I find interesting about nobody knows my name is how it flies in the face of some of that, because I think that there is a bunch of people coming up who do that stuff, who go to the plane tube Yes, there is. Because they think that, one, they have to make a mark on the world, and two, that's the only way they can do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's spooky. (laughs) And I I think- (laughs) To say the least, yeah. (laughs) It's spooky. And I think that um, Nobody Knows My Name, I think, talks a little bit about- the necessity of raging against that tide. I saw souls being sold as commodities by those driven by their greed. Their ego are in the mix. Slow it down. Take a good look around. Cause this world's not all likes and streams. We don't know what it means to be so far gone. Yes, but I also, it's also a wink and a nudge. It's done in a wink and a nudge kind of manner because mm-hmm. you have to admit how mm-hmm. how amazing it is that we have so much opportunity to share our work. If we're wired to be like artists from a very young age, if we if we just start reacting to the world in the ways that artists normally react to the world when we're born, mm-hmm then this era is perfect for us because we're like, you can share anything artistic 
And it'll find an audience, and you will find some sort of shared community with yeah. with other people. And I think that is so valuable in itself because it is it is allowing us to design communities based off of passion and uh, a little bit more sense of purpose. Um, and where it gets inflated is when suddenly people this people realize that it. It can be uh, that our or that our own souls can essentially be commoditized and and turned into this and turned into this thing of like <laughs> is what we're presenting actually real or just another facade or a mask that we're putting on for other people? Talk to me about Lil G and how the collaboration came about and yeah and and. And, and if he feels the same way about this kind of stuff. Jared, uh, I actually found through his YouTube channel, funnily enough. And that's a great, it's a great example of what I was just talking about, of like me wanting to search for like-minded people, trying to find community with them. Um, and he has a YouTube channel called The Tune Up. And on it, he reviews albums uh, of all different sorts from like pop to rap to um, R&B uh, to rock and uh i find it really cool because he listens to songs in real time and he will sort of evaluate point out specific things that he appreciates about the records and really talks about what the artist might have been intending to do with the record and i really liked his appreciation for of like even if he doesn't like a record he can appreciate the craftsmanship behind it mm -hmm. and i really respect that because some people can just dump on artists and their work without really understanding how hard of an effort you have to put in to make something. And um, so I just really resonated a lot with uh, how Jared speaks. Um, and uh, I reached out to him and connected with him in that way. And it's sort of just, I fell down this rabbit hole of, of who he is because I didn't know that he rapped at first. I thought he was a YouTube persona, but it turns out he's also a rapper, a skilled DJ and MC. It's it, and it and it's just like his craft to me knew no bounds and then suddenly everything clicked. I was like, "Oh, he respects the craft because he himself is a craftsman as well." And yeah. I I was like, "Game respects game and I appreciate that." Um so I reached out to him. I said, "Uh, hey, I, I'm working on some stuff. Send anything Send anything that you might like my way. I'm a singer. I sent him a couple of different things that I've sung on. And then I sent him Nobody Knows My Name when I sort of first had the rough idea of it. And I kind of knew that I wanted the bridge section to be a rap section. Just because I wanted something, I wanted something different. I wanted something different from what people have heard up to that point on the EP in terms of its arc. Mm -hmm. um, so I reached out to him because I knew that he would come from sort of the same headspace as I was in terms of like we really love the process of making things but I don't think we necessarily agree with the whole uh, blowing up online for the purpose of blowing up online type angle and so that's how that collaboration came about uh, and it was really funny because it's just the way the way that the whole song came together because um, 
I knew I wanted to write something about the James Corden experience that I had, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know how to voice it. And then my co-writer, Dave, played uh, a guitar lick, and I was like, oh, that sounds a lot like some of my favorite songs by by John Bellion and AJR and all those people. And I was like, oh, it's the same chord progression. No wonder it sounds the same. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to write something over this, and I'm going to make something in the vein of those my, those artists who I think also have a hard time struggling with contributing as a musician and a craftsperson to society while also not necessarily wanting the the smoke all the time, if you will. <laughs> Ooh, not the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that nobody knows my name. I think I would go up and say Nobody Knows My Name, featuring Lil G, is available now. Tape by Tape is a production of Iris Out Media and edited by me, CJ. You can find me at CJ period, that's C-E-E-J-A-Y and the word period, I'm assuming you know how to spell it, on all socials. You can find Dan Purcell at the Dan Purcell on all socials as well. Previous singles, Serendipity, It's a Wonderful Life, Can't See Past 30, and Find Your Song are available now.